when I went into outside sales and I was out networking, I started meeting all these driven, positive and collaborative type women. I was like, yes, I found my people. This is episode number 21 with sales strategist, founder and executive director of Impactful Women Northwest and Impactful People Northwest, Erica Laws. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Erica Laws has been in consultative sales and management for over 22 years. She has rounded out her sales experience to every facet of consultative environments, from retail, direct-to-consumer phone sales, to outside business development. She specializes in helping people learn or improve their overall sales process by personalized one-on-one coaching. She loves helping people by positively holding them accountable and uncovering the areas of opportunity for targeted development plans. She enjoys being the mirror for agents to see what their strengths are and where they can use some new skills, motivation, and encouragement. Erica's main focus is teaching people how to combine the skills they have with the best practices in the areas they may be lacking, creating a consultative value-based sales process. Erica loves spending time with her husband, her 22-year-old son, family, and friends. She also runs a networking and personal development group called Impactful People Northwest. She loves helping people improve their lives and feels you only live once. So why not live the life you love? Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up and please help me welcome the mother hustler mothering the world this week, Erica Laws. Welcome, everyone. This is the Mother Hustler podcast, and we are so fortunate today because we have the amazing Erica Laws and uh, local celebrity, that is. Hey, Erica, thank you for having um, the grace or giving us the grace of your presence today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be on your show. I was super flattered. Are you kidding? No. You are, you are a mother hustler. And I know Donovan, your son, is, you know, there's some moms that says, well, uh, do I qualify to be in your show when my kids are already big? I'm like, yeah, because they're still your kids and you have different sets of issues just because little ones are very dependent and maybe the the bigger ones or the younger adults are self-sufficient physically, but they still have issues that needs mom, right? Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are still. Well, you'll never end that motherhood. That is always going to be part of you. And they're always going to look up to you as that mom. Yeah. So, well, take us through because I know Erica Laws through, you know, heavy, heavy networking. She's the queen of networking and really good at it. She's a sales coach, really good at it. But I don't know a lot of the personal side of you. So we're going to get a little bit personal as far as you would allow me to go. Okay. Tell us about, you know, your childhood, your relationship with your mom. How was that? And how is that shaping you in the woman that you have become and the mom that you have become today? Ooh. Gosh, you don't do these pre-recorded questions where I have time to think and prepare. <laughs> this is what I like, Candid. I, I like it. I'm fine with it because you know what? I'm good on the fly, so this works out well. Um, awesome. And I think about it a lot because <laughs> I feel like your past truly defines who you are, right? Exactly. And so you get to uh, kind of look back at those things and have it mold you mm -hmm. and where it's going to go. So... Gosh, so when I, I grew up in Portland, so that's fun. Um, grew up in Portland and went to Reynolds High School, so don't judge me, just playing. Reynolds is great. <laughs> My husband went there. <laughs> Who did? My husband. Oh, what year? 91. Okay. Yeah, I was there 92 to 96. We're going to have to talk about that offline. Yes. And uh, graduated there and... Uh, had a lot of really good diverse friendships in uh, school. Uh, I was very um, mixed with who I kind of hung out with and uh, grew up with my sisters. I was always the oldest. So my sisters are six years younger than me mm. and uh, my parents are still together. Uh, we grew up in apartment complexes. So um, it was a single earner family when I was young. Mm. Got it. Yeah. So my mom basically was a stay-at-home mom until my sisters came along and uh, that was great so I for the first six years of my life I pretty much had my mom at home wow and then my mom went to work um for part-time you know obviously when you have five people in the family uh yeah. you've got to be able to make a little bit of income so dad worked full-time mom worked part-time sisters myself I spent a lot of time with my sisters because you know, if my mm -hmm. mom was working part-time or yeah. um, whatever happened there, I would play with my sisters. Uh, they kind of followed me around everywhere and wanted to hang out with my friends. And I was like, it was cool. <laughs> and then other times I was like, um, find your own friends. <laughs> I know. That's very typical. Yeah. And it was great because I really developed like this second mommy mentality. Wow. Um, really young. Uh, my sisters, like I said, I was six years old when they were born and they were preemies. Mm -hmm. So they were both wow. two months premature. Wow. And they were in the incubator for like three, all those months they were in the incubator. So I was kind of like always worried and they were only like wow. two pounds. So they're really small because they're twins. Oh, they're twins. Okay. Yeah. yeah so they're wow. twins. So I got to help my mom because I was home and I was little and, you know, there were two of them and you can imagine uh -huh. two boys, you know, how that can get. <laughs> so I developed, like, I would say being a mom is being a leader, mm -hmm. whether you're good at it or you're not, you do the best with what you know. That's so true. And, um, that's kind of the way I started out, um, mm. doing the best I could as a sister. And it wow. was good, you know, there was some struggles just because, again, they're six years younger. Um, but it was great because I was always the independent one. You know, I kind of did things on my own tune, you know, always, you know, out there trying to fit in as a teenager and still be able to help, you know, with the, my sisters and, you know, I did mm. drama and acting. So I, I, wow. Yeah, I was a thespian. I even have the beanie. Wow. And uh, that kind of helped me open up a little bit. 
So I was never wow. really shy by any means. <laughs> I don't know, crazy. Um, and I was always very take, take uh, action type of person. Uh, and I think that came a lot from helping raise, you know, helping with my sisters. So that was kind of the start of being a leader. And then getting into acting uh, when I was a freshman, uh, played basketball in middle school. Um, wow. We were on the, um, the B team, which really meant some of the <laughs> girls on the team had attitude. <laughs> so it was a really, it was fun though. The B. It was the B team. <laughs> you could hear whatever you want after that. <laughs> it was it was a great great opportunity to learn some team building because uh, you had to kind of be together if there was some kind of uh, conflict that arose, which typically happened. Um, yep. So that was really fun. Uh, so I was able wow. to um, do that, and all of these things that I did, and you know, I was. I, I did all of those um, candy bar sales, you know, like when you wow. used to do the like walk for MF, there was yeah. different things at school that you would do. And I would get really stoked about that. Uh, <laughs> like really excited. I you get excited. Wanted, yeah. Like world's finest chocolates was like <laughs> my jam. So I was like, wow, I was a candy bar slinger queen. <laughs> Oh, I would get everyone to buy the candy bars because they always wanted to win like cool big prizes. You know, you want to go to lunch with your principal. You want to do the dog, you know, the, <laughs> the big dog. So I won the dog, you know, and that, wow. was, that was really fun for me too. Um, so I found out really, really young that I, I loved, I loved the idea of connecting with people and, you know, just competing. I mean, honestly, I, I liked a little bit of competition. And I found that out when I was doing those candy bar sales, you know, trying to be the best, you know, and getting recognition because that's how I thrive. I thrive on recognition. I found that yeah. out really young, really young. So that was kind of my young. Really? Wow. Yeah. And my relationship with my mom, um, my mom's great. And we have a very um, we she comes from a different generation, you know, so it's a very different mm -hmm. mentality about things. And so it's been a lot of uh, boundary setting mm -hmm. and a lot of personal growth and development for myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, she was a huge motivator for me. Yeah. And she even knows it. Wow. Because wasn't necessarily purposeful. Mm. It Interesting. Was the opposite. So again, part-time, she ended up working for uh, the college for a really long time. She did that. And she, my mom's a really amazing worker bee. Right. She is a hard worker. When she is at a place, you know, she was there for 17 years. She's loyal. Wow. She goes in, she just does her thing and comes home. And she was never really like wanting to be a manager or she never really wanted to be in leadership. She kind of wanted to just lay under the radar. Wow. One of those. Yeah. And that was great for her um, because she was really good at that. You know, she was really good at it. Um, my mom has never really had a lot of friends, never really been a big, you know, focus for her. Uh, she's my dad, you know, they've been friends. That's like my mom's friend is my dad. Wow. <laughs> like it or not sometimes. <laughs> it's the person she spent the most of her life with. Wow. And so she would go out. Her idea of a night on the town was like going to Bunko. Wow girls once a month that was like her night out wow well she's sim she she lived a simple life it sounds like yeah and she still does you know she lived a very um simple life and didn't necessarily want to she wasn't really big on stepping out of that wow so there's uh there we actually have a lot more in common than we already have
because you talk about your twin sisters mm -hmm. and all along I did not know that they're twins I thought that they were just one person that's always on the photos with you on social media <laughs> I have seen your mom on social media on your photos but I had no idea that there's two of this similar look right they are yep. they're identical right well no actually they're fraternal fraternal yep. but um all along I thought you only had one sister so that's great to kind of uncover through this podcast um, and you help raise them because you were sort of the big bigger bigger sister because of the six-year gap between yep. you and them and they were little fragile babies and my youngest was a three-month premature baby oh, so wow. Okay. So although you were a sister, you still went through the same thing as I had gone through. You were exposed to the same thing. Yeah. Right? How, how, how much did your ears weigh? 3.1. So I'm going to flip it around. Okay. You talked about your mom. Um, how did that shape you as an individual? Even though it's sort of counterintuitive because she wasn't necessarily as competitive as you are as ambitious as you are and another thing in common is my mother was like your mom mm. and she never really held a job she always i mean she sold some stuff she was in the open market selling some dress chicken and all that good stuff because she had no my mom didn't have a lot of options she had a, didn't have a lot of education and the things that she had gone through had made a huge impact with me, but in the exact opposite way. Mm. So I wonder if that was the way that, like you said, she was your biggest motivator, but I wonder if that was, uh, that had motivated you to do the exact opposite or to just thrive in a way that she ne never thrived. Yeah, I think, and then that's what I was kind of getting to earlier is about that whole, um, you know, sometimes when you see the things that you don't align with, that actually impresses in you the want and the need to be different. Yep. And that was exactly what, I mean, there was a lot of things that my mom did really well. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I had a phone call come in. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of things that my mom did really well. Um, and... I, I just looked at the world differently because of that. Exactly. So, you know, the closed minded, uh -huh. yeah. being in this little circle and bubble, it never really appealed to me. Uh -huh. And it's funny because I'd always kind of felt that way anyway, but it really didn't click that that was the case until I got into sales when I was 18. Wow. And that's when the world in my eyes really started to open. Uh, wow. It was always a very can't do kind of mentality. Wow. Like somebody else can do it, but we can't do that. We don't have right. money or we don't have the education or we don't have this. Or yes. It was always, you know, our circumstances are given to us when in reality, we both know that that's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. We create it. You create, you create it. Every it. Single thing you do is created by you. Yeah. You 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 get what you tolerate, right? And you allow what you allow. And I and I hear you loud and clear because with my mom, and I was hanging out with my mother-in-law yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when I hang out with my mother-in-law, we talk about my husband. <laughs> and we talked about like the thing that happened to me in my childhood and how it impacted me now had was because of what I saw my mom go through and sure. what my mom went through was, you know, when, when, when my husband and I have an argument and the voices gets louder, I, I, it just, I become really small when that happens because that's kind of the environment I grew up where my father was always away and when he came home he wreaked havoc and he threw chairs and it was just really violent his aim was never good because he was always drunk but 
he, um, but you know, as a, as a little girl growing up watching that, it, it really affects you. So when that happens between me and my husband, I was telling my mother-in-law that that little girl inside of me stand up and say, I am not my mother. Like, I think psychologically it stands up and say, I am not my mother. Therefore, I will not allow you to talk to me in that manner. Therefore, I'm going to be, I'm going to battle back. You know, it's like the strength in us, I, I think, I mean, you can speak for yourself, but for me, it, it's, it's coming from that environment and that I will not, no longer allow that because my mother allowed that type mm. thing. You yeah. Know? I, I could definitely see that um, anew, especially. Uh, so my own experience, my mom was super strong. It was really funny because my mom was not very, you know, motiv motivated or she, she had a very, you know, limited view of what the world looked like. And she was always judged by her mom. Wow. So it kind of all comes down, you know, she was always judged that she was never good enough. She wasn't the best daughter. She wasn't the, wow. the oldest of her kids. I mean, of her family. And so she mm -hmm. was, you know, my, my grandma was always judging her. And wow. so the judgment she's always held in herself. And so she's always judged that. So she hasn't wanted to take risks because when she takes risks, she can fail. Wow. So instead of, you know, using that energy to focus on control in, in the outside world. Right. My mom was in control of the inside world, which was wow. our home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my dad, he, he was gone during the day every day because he worked full time. Right. Hours, you know, so he'd come home and want to sit there and just decompress and uh -huh. watch TV. So my dad lived on the, the TV. So he'd go to wow. work. He'd come home, he'd watch TV. He's a gentle guy. He is not violent at all. But it was also, I was denied of, but I also did not take it. Like I, I, I acknowledged that they didn't like it, but I did it anyways type thing. So I'm allowing them to do it anyways, regardless of what anybody thinks, as long as they're not breaking the law as long as they're not doing anything bad or hurting anybody, you know, like I am allowing them to see that I'm not annoyed by them. If that makes sense. That's huge. That is definitely a mom struggle that I have is, you know, not being annoyed and not treating him like he's an inconvenience to me. That's a big struggle. I'm so glad that you are just like on top of that. It's, it's normal but you can practice it. You know, it's normal progression for, especially you and your mom. Are you having another child? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's so, so young. It's so hard though, because being an only child is all I know. Mm. And I look at moms of multiples and I'm like, I don't know how you do that. I'm barely surviving with one. <laughs> Thriving is my goal. Surviving is my reality. Like, wow that's incredible and you know i hear all different sides of it but it's it's hard it's one of those decisions that i've gone back and forth on so much in the last four years so much because i struggled with postpartum depression mm, that actually wow. didn't start until my son was seven months old and obviously i i did some really stupid things like working two jobs with a newborn like that's not smart don't do <laughs> Like having my house immaculate, cooking three meals a day, doing dishes, laundry, like being on top of everything, thinking I was superwoman. And then seven months in, I crashed. And I guess I'm just really like hesitant. Yeah. Yeah. Fear to go through that again because it's not a fun stage to go through. Um, it's hard to be a new mom, I remember. I, um, it's a struggle. I struggled. But I think when you get to the second one, it's like, oh, I've done this before. I can do this again, you know? Yeah. And they have a playmate. So it's actually easier when they have a playmate. But talk us through how you became a confidence consultant, confidence consultant, because you were going through your childhood, progressing into questioning who am I, and then took you about a decade to actually realize who you are. 
So take us through how did you stumble upon who you're who you are now? Yeah, it's a great question. So I am a hashtag a slow learner, which is probably why it took so long. <laughs> but the whole process has led me here. You know, I have to believe in just like divine timing because mm-hmm. it's just worked out this way. So after college, because I had struggled with my weight as a result of the sugar addiction that I had. Mm-hmm. And I started after college working at Costco and I got super fit. I mean, pushing those giant carts at Costco, you know, huge, right? And sprinting to the back of the store and picking up boxes. And I realized that I was actually really strong. I was like, what? I'm strong? Like I can do things that are physical because I'd never been physical in my entire life. And so I started working out at the gym and classes and I had a personal trainer and I loved it and I was obsessed. (laughs) I started running and then I started looking at my nutrient intake and I started restricting calories and I started limiting foods and it became this obsession with seeing how far I could push the envelope. How small could I make myself? Which went perfectly with what I was doing with my personality. Just how small can I get? How how little can I take up, even physically? And, you know, I I did that. I got really small and, you know, didn't express my needs to anybody. And I got just trapped. So I just exploded out of that into figuring out, okay, well, what... What, what does it look like to be healthy? I've never had this modeled for me. I have no idea what it looks like. I don't think I've ever eaten a, quote, healthy meal in my life. Wow. What does this look like? So then I got certified as a personal trainer and started helping people realize how strong they were. Because I'm like, if I can do this, this amazing thing, so can so many other people. You just need somebody to show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. So... After doing that and kind of going on my own nutrition journey, I started to see how much is dependent on your food intake. And so I became a nutrition coach. Sorry, my electric blanket is real hot. Um, (laughs) It is cold. (laughs) It's freezing and I have a blanket, but it's too hot now. Um, Yeah, so I got certified to be a nutrition coach. So I was doing personal training and nutrition coaching, helping people manipulate their macronutrients so they could change their body composition to what they wanted and get stronger. And, you know, I had all these great intentions. Was this before you were a mom? This was after. 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 Yeah. Um, And how, yeah, these great intentions. And, you know, I had a steady stream of clients coming in and, it was about, I'm going to say five or six years into this when it kind of hit me upside the head of, of how much the change has nothing to do with the physical, has mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. And again, slow learner, it took me a while to figure this out that when women came to me and said, I just need to lose X number of pounds, that's all I need to do. Mm-hmm. Or just tell me what to eat and I'll eat it, I'll do it. And I just need a meal plan or I just need a workout program. And it took me so long to realize that that's not what they really wanted. That's what they thought they wanted and definitely not what they needed Mm -hmm. at all. So I started to kind of address that middle space and challenge and push back on, well, why do you think you'll be happier X number of pounds from now? What's stopping you from being happy right now? And as I started asking more and more of those questions, it was incredible the answers that I got. And it was like this addicting conversation that I just wanted to have all the time. And so I started following that and it's led me here to confidence coaching and helping women uncover what's holding them back from being their true self so that they can start taking up space in their life. Wow. That's, that's magnificent from being an addict for sugar to becoming a confidence coach because confidence is like a practice, right? Yeah. And you said something about what's stopping you from being happy with 
what you have now. And I think that when we can appreciate ourselves now, we can just take off from there. Because when you keep looking for that something, that six pack, that nice biceps, that mm -hmm. stuff yeah. is not going to fix you as a person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I love that you're addressing that moment, who they are versus trying to promise them. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do this for you. This and this and this one, two, three, four, five. Yep. And the real answer is really you like, who are you and why do you want to be someone with the six pack? Why do you want to be someone with five less pounds than who you are now? You know, it's, um, it's amazing. And I, I hear you because there's a lot of confidence coaches now that are just surfacing. And I think women mm -hmm. really needs a lot of coaching, you know, I love it. I love that there's such a rise in the coaching community. I think it's fantastic. And you know, there are enough, <laughs> there's enough women out there who need it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if you have confidence in these areas of your life, there's still these areas of your life that need some help and work. And each person, each coach brings a specific bent, if you will, or a specific skill or take or technique to address these things. So it's, it's so amazing to see the diversity in the field. Yeah. too. Tell me about your framework for your coaching um, or give me an example of a woman or a mom that is your favorite story that's came to you and you both overcame whatever issue that she brought to the table for both of you. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, sure all of them are your favorite, so I don't <laughs> want to discount your other clients and feel bad when they listen to this episode. I want them to know that they're all special but there's always those one or two clients that just makes you cry or just makes your heart like squeeze because you're so happy for them and yeah. that you help them break through. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, oh, I'm so blessed to have so many stories from women that I've worked with that just bring tears to my eyes. So many. Uh, pick one. There's so many good ones. Okay. Well, one of my gals from my captivatingly confident small group, the very first one that I did, she, she had so many struggles, so many struggles. And she thought that, you know, I just need this, this, and this, and mm -hmm. then I'll be good to go. And as we sat and talked so much else came to the surface. It was like, she just looked at it and was just like, oh my gosh, this is, not what I thought it was. And she felt she, I mean, it was like process perfect. Like she got the awareness of the feelings and she felt the feelings. We cried together. She experienced them. And one of the things that she loved to do was paint. Mm. She loved paint. And with life events that happened, she, she hadn't painted in forever. Mm. She's like, yeah, I, I don't even, I, yeah, I used to do that but I could tell that there was something there. And so I asked her, what would it feel like to start painting again? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. So the next time we chatted, I look and there's an easel behind her with a picture on it. And I was like, girl, what is that? And she's like, painted. And you could just see, oh, I'm gonna cry. You could just see the difference in her face. It was, visible, just the shift that happened when she moved from thinking that it was this to this and just going through the process that I take all my clients through that she was able to unlock something that she had locked away so long ago that brings her so much joy. Wow. And the, the picture that she painted was actually something that uh, she had heard me say over and over again that I totally stole from someone else, but it was living your best life. And so she painted this beautiful picture and put on it, live your best life. And that for me was just like, oh, amazing. And there's, wow. it's so fun. I love it. I love it. 
That's great. Yeah. What is your ultimate mission in this world? And what, what do you want Kim to like, if you arrive in your ultimate goal, what do you want Kim to be? And, and who does that Kim, like, who is that Kim? Describe mm. that Kim for me. Oh my gosh. So I've had a vision since I was a little girl, very, very little girl, that I was on a stage. Wow. It's, it's always been, <clears throat> it's always been my vision. It's come and gone, but it's never really gone away. And my, like when I look into the future, I have this vision of a stage and just being able to stand on it and to talk about taking up space, stopping hiding and embracing who you are and who you've been created to be. It's one of those things that you literally just decide to do. And I just, I want to talk to everybody about it. I want to travel all over the world because I think, I'm pretty sure that if every woman overcame her limiting beliefs, felt all of the emotions that she needed to feel in order to move forward and to take up space, that our world would be completely different. It would be completely different. All the women would be walking around tall and proud and taking up space and being captivatingly confident. And I think our world would change mm -hmm. because we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We look at other people's lives and we judge ourselves based on what we see. Comparison is the number one issue for all of my clients that I've worked mm. with in the last decade. Comparison, number one. And if we, instead of comparing, if we just started like lifting and like exactly what you're talking about, Crane, like lifting each other up, like a rising tide lifts all the ships. Like if there was just this tide of confidence and we were all riding it together, like my mind is blown. Who knows what could happen? So true. Yeah. It's true. So you want to be a speaker, like so. speak all over the world. I think so. I actually just had my, again, late to the party, but I just had my first speaking engagement in five or more years. I saw that because there's some moms that are part of mobs that I know. Okay. They posted their, they didn't tag you, but they posted it on Facebook and I saw it. And then I saw your post about your speaking gig at mob and I just kind of put two and two together. Um, so I'm like, oh, I know that lady. <laughs> know her? Yeah, it was, I actually just changed what I was going to talk about in the car on the way to the meetup. Isn't so I was a flustered, but it was, it just feels like home for me. Like, it just feels like you. my home when I'm talking to people. I love big groups. One-on-ones intimidate me, but big groups, bring it on. So what was your topic and how long did you talk? It was only about 20 or 25 minutes. And we were talking about, oh, uh, what did we even, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> what did we even talk about? I know. Uh, when, um, you're, it's funny because you said, like, I didn't even talk about what I planned on talking about because that's just how it is. You can never plan. And God always said, if you want to, if you want me to make, to laugh at you, then make plans because it yeah. plans. And that's why like, I, when my first keynote speaker, I like truly surprised myself because I like, everybody was like, yeah, I've been preparing and, but I didn't say the same thing that I was going to say. So like, I, I had the framework in my head, but it's a story as part of my life that I was going to tell therefore like i'm like why would i practice if i've already gone through it mm -hmm. you know Good yeah you. thanks it was great and it was i as you were talking recalled it but we were talking about 
how to let yourself off the hook during the holidays when it comes to expectations. And I gave four kind of practical things that you could do to help give yourself permission to not be striving for the best, to not be like stressed out and anxious, but to just let it kind of be there. Like stress and anxiety are a part of life. And to try to get rid of them is kind of silly and it's a lot of striving. Mm -hmm. And if you just learn to work with the stress, especially in the holiday season, because there's lots of it and it's complex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you just learn to work with it, then it's so much, you can just breathe. You know, you can just relax into it. And it just gives you so much freedom to take up space, to show up, to be confident in what you want to get too. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Because I think we try to fight all these emotions and it's like, the more you fight your emotions, it's that force versus flow, right? Mm -hmm. like the more you fight with it, the more you feel it even like it's stronger feeling because you're focusing on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. It was so, so you are part of mob, which is um, mom owned business. And Aria Lighty was actually one of my guests on the podcast, which was awesome. Nice. The founder of Mob. Mm -hmm. And um, are you an Alliance member of Mob? I am. And I think I can also say that I'm actually taking over the Portland chapter awesome. as the chapter leader. So exciting. Yes. There's a lot of exciting things happening for you. Yeah. And it's only been in the last, I'm going to say last two months that this has shifted. Captivatingly Confident is my, is my brand and my business. Mm -hmm. And it's only six months old. Wow. And just even the last two months has just been insane. Wow. <laughs> insane. Yeah. So how did you do your podcasts come about? Because you're coaching women about confidence. You yourself is like your number one student because we all are our number one student. Always. Um, how did you decide or what made you decide to have a podcast? My business coach that I was working with over the summer to kind of get things going had said, you know, do YouTube, you know, you'll be great. It's a great avenue. And so I tried YouTube and I was like, oh, I hate it. It's too polished. It's too edited. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. What am I going to do? And she's like, well, what about a podcast? I was like, I don't have a podcast voice because I was always told that I have a husky voice and it's hoarse and nobody ever wants to listen to it. The words of my grandmother. And she was like, Kim, you need to do a podcast. And I was like, oh, okay. So I bought a microphone and I sat down to do one episode and ended up with 10. Amazing. So... I was like, oh, this is actually really fun and magical. I love this. Yes, I love podcasting. So if you're if your mom was listening to this episode, and I know she's passed, but if she was listening, what would be your message to her? Oh my gosh. I love that question. Oh my message to her because I've thought about this a million times, <clears throat> if somebody could just have, you know, been like me for her, uh, I would have said, stop hiding. Because mm. that is exactly what she did. She wore baggy t-shirts, baggy shorts. She was overweight and she wanted to hide her body, but she was hiding her pain too. She had a rough childhood and mm. she was hiding all of this. And stress eating and, and not taking care of herself at all and just running herself into the ground. And I just wish that she could have stopped hiding and that she would have let herself take up some space and be seen for who she really was and, and the complexities of who she was. Like she hid behind humor too. Everything was a joke. 
to this woman, everything, which was embarrassing as a, as a child because she would just do the most embarrassing things ever. Like this one time we had just gotten done with uh, what we called sports camp, which is where we bust inner city kids in and we just played basketball and we did small groups and we took them swimming and we fed them and we just loved on kids, these inner city kids. And this was my mom's like pet passion project. And so we all had these like coaches whistles. And so we walk into the restaurant one day to meet my mom for lunch with a bunch of other people. And she's standing on one of the chairs with the whistle up her nose, blowing the whistle as people she knew were walking in. Like, that was my mom. She was nuts. And she was, I mean, you kind of had to be there. I still have the whistle, actually. (laughs) I still have it. But she just, you know, like just hid. And it's sometimes hiding doesn't look like being meek and mild and quiet. You can be a loud hider. It's true. And still be hiding. You can take up space and still be hiding. And I just, oh, I just wish. Because now I feel like I don't know my mom. I don't know who she really was. She was never in pictures. All the pictures I have of her are like her ducking out to get out of the picture. And just like you can see that she just didn't want to be seen. She didn't have the confidence. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Wow. What a great message because, you know, we coach ourselves, we coach women, and sometimes there's family members that really need our help. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's really hard to coach a family member. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it is. I know you as little Kim and little Kareen and how, you're like, how could you coach me because I'm like older than you or something like that. But what a great message for your mom because there's a lot of women. And the reason I ask that question is because whatever message you and we talk about all that the mom hustler (laughs) mom is just such a gift to so many people and it's her hard work and dedication and her genuine love for people that's rubbed off on me i'm a hard worker and i love people i embrace myself with people that i love and i'll do anything for anybody that asks if i'm capable if not Mm -hmm. i'm going to find a way to find somebody to find somebody to help them out you know what i'm saying so that's what i really learned from my mom and um i've lost two of my brothers two of them have passed away Mm -hmm. and just that mom instinct and the love and the the nurturing that she had for all of that i think i've done my best and the best that i could as a mother i mean my kids are now 20 mallory just turned 21 hunter is wow. going to be 24 and i always told him i said you know i might have screwed up you know but i did the best i could you know i did what i could as a mom you know my situation and circumstances were much different than the way i was raised mom and dad you know it seemed like everything was just kind of okay and never really any friction and then i went through a divorce in my marriage and things were different for my kids but the one thing that i tell them all the time is like i just did the best i could you know whatever i can do you know to help you i'll always be there for you but it's just that compassion and that love and that understanding and the hardworking that I got from my mom that I've just held on to. And that's the way that I take care of my kids, you know, even in and out of the house. I really want to instill a really, really hard work ethic in them and that they need to be compassionate for people and serve other people before they serve themselves. My mom did that well. And I think I'm leading or at least trying to lead a good example of that. I love how your parents never force you to do what they want you to do. They just allowed you to explore the world. They did. And that's what I'm doing for my kids right now. And I love it because at first, you know, I, my son used to work with uh, kids that had uh, disabilities and he was so good with them. And you could see the compassion and how wonderful and he was really real with those kids. And a couple different times I would say, oh my gosh, yes, of course, you should be a school counselor or you should work with the disabled children and blah, blah, blah. He's like, mom, I got this. I'm, I'm fine. That's not what I'm <laughs> And I've done that a couple different times. He's like, enough. But you know what I love, Kareen? He found his passion. He's in lineman school right now. He's climbing poles and he's learning to do all these crazy things. And he found what he wanted without me completely nagging him over being, 
you know, a counselor or working with the children that had disabilities, because he'll always be great to that, but he's got a whole different career path. So I'm like, okay, Molly, you're, I'm pretty proud of yourself for not like push, push and pushing because he found it in his own time. I didn't force him to go to college right after high school. He's been out of school for four years, just kind wow. of doing his thing but he found it and he's going to school and he's in love with it so that makes me happy <laughs> yeah i know it's so true and i had a guest here that's a phd on episode two carol and i talked about we talked about education and how because she like you at 50 she she's been practicing law for 15 years um she's she has a phd about women and she said when she went into her phd she was more strategic about it because she hated law. She didn't like, she didn't hate it, but it was just not serving her soul. Mm -hmm. And so she went back to school and really learned about the women's side of the population. And she had, she has a PhD on women. Like, I didn't know you could get a PhD on women. (laughs) So anyways, she says, you have to be strategic when you go to school and you cannot force your children to go be a nurse, to go get, to go into law school, to be a medical student, like allow them to search for that because that's why we're all miserable because our parents like brainwashed us to go to school and to go to college. And my husband and I has a very different take on it because he says they're absolutely going to college but then I spend more time with my kids than he does. So (laughs) I just tell my kids, whatever energizes you do it. You don't have to, if you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. If you want to go travel the world, go travel the world. And my son, you know, it's so cool because it's like, but I want to go to college mom. And I'm like, do it, like go to college, get a scholarship because I'm not going to be paying for it. But my husband's like, no, we are going to be paying for it and they are going to go. It's non-negotiable. And, you know, I don't know. I've, my husband, like I told my story about my husband and influencing and it's been really easy to, like getting easier and easier to influence my husband. So we'll see how this one goes. (laughs) Um, So what's your message to your mom, Molly? Message she was listening. Is that, you know what, I am forever grateful that you gave me life. I mean, I could not have ever dreamt about or even wanted ever another mother, you know, like as little kids and teenagers and stuff like that, you get pissed and you say, oh, I wish I was never born. (laughs) You're the worst mom ever. Or I I wish you weren't my mother. Those words have never come out of my mouth. and And I've never once looked at my mom in anger or distrust or that she's making my life miserable. I love you, mom, so much with all of my heart. And I don't want to get teary-eyed, but you know, she's 80. And I really, at my age in my life, I have to come to grips with that one day I'm going to be experiencing that loss. And I just, yes, I'll see her in heaven. We've all heard that. We all know that. But you know what? having her here to take pictures with her and act goofy with her and get pedicures and manicures and, you know, just be with my mom physically is the most, the most satisfying and the most fulfilling thing I've ever experienced in my life. I don't have any greater love or deeper love than I do for my mom. She is my mom. She is always going to be my mom. And I just love her so much and I want my mom to know that. And I think she knows that. I know she knows that because we have a really special relationship and mom. It was hard for me and I would have, I, I, it's probably, prob- probably because of stuff that I've seen th- in my parents' relationship and um, hard for me to feel like, um, to let go of a, a bit of my guard, you know, cause mm-hmm. um I feel like my parents kind of resented each other in certain ways. And um, I feel like it part, partly it's because, you know, my dad would always tell me like, um, you can, you can do everything on your own. Don't ever feel like you need, you know, anybody's help. Don't ever ask for anybody's help. You can do it all on your own. Mm -hmm. 
So when I got in this relationship with Josh, it was like, I don't need your help. I can do it on my own. And uh, like, it was really, and he would always be like, what do you mean? Like your own, like, it's, we're like, it's not you, me, it's us. Like, this is our relationship. This is our life. This is our family. And that's how I see it. It's not you, me, it's us. And it would break his heart. Cause I would be like, well, you and, the, and me, and he, and he, like, he just didn't understand. And, and I, it didn't mean that I loved him any less. It's just the way that I was raised and Condition. we're conditioned. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and it was, it wasn't until finally it was like, I kind of just like let down that wall and was, and I just, I just, I literally fell, you know, I fell and he caught me and we've been, we've been riding together, you know, ride or die. Yeah. Ride or die. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, before I let you go, um, I want to, commend you for all the examples you're setting out there in the world for how you show up in this world is super important. I think that I can see that you've had a lot of, you know, lows because you wouldn't be in this high without those lows because they are very necessary. And I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate a lot of the things that you're doing. I, I mean, it's amazing what you've done in the last decade. So congratulations on everything that you're, you've accomplished in the last decade. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. No, thank you. And thank you for allowing me to share my story. I, I know I talk a lot. <laughs> hey, I love that because I do too, but I've learned how to, like this journey in the podcasting world, it really teaches you how to listen, especially when you don't have a structure because I extract all the questions from your stories, mm -hmm. you know. Um, where can we find you? Where can my audience and my listeners find you? I'm sure it's pretty easy with a karate hottie, but um, I just want to make sure that you leave us those information before we let you go and ask you the last question that I have. Uh oh. Well, <laughs> um, I'm most active on my Instagram, um, and it's my handle is karate hottie MMA. But um, my husband did just work really hard putting our website together. And so if you go on the website, there's like tons of tons of pictures there's links to all my social media and um we we um we're selling some merchandise so go ahead and you can go to the website and i think it's michellewatersonmma.com <laughs> michellewatersonmma.com my husband's like yes get it right <laughs> i'll put it on the podcast notes too so okay yeah and you know that's it that's awesome what when is your next fight i don't have anything scheduled yet i think i'm gonna take some time to um come back to um mom land <laughs> and clean up my house <laughs> clean up the mess i was just showing someone the my groceries are not out of the bag and then i've got dishes all over the sink <laughs> cool well, last question, what is your definition, like the Michelle Watterson definition of the word mother hustler? And when you first heard that word, what comes to mind? I would say to have a deep confidence in who you are without having to explain yourself to anybody. Hmm. That's what I think a mother hustler is. And, that, and it, it truly is like being a mother is, is one of the hardest jobs, but you never hear a mom complaining about it because it's their job and, and, and it's what they love to do, you know? So they just hustle and they do it and, and they do it in style. That's awesome, sister. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I will let you guys know when I um, put this thing live, but I appreciate you a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. That was Thank awesome. for me too. I will. <laughs> Bye. We'll see you later. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. 
Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day.